Welcome to Waypoint Church Online. We're so glad that you're able to join us today um, to, to worship together, to look at God's word together, also to share in communion. We're going to be doing that together. So, so just a heads up, you'll need to get your own bread and wine if you haven't done that already, um, because we can't provide it for you, obviously. Um, it's really good to meet together. I, I know there's still so many restrictions around some things we're able to do and some things we're not able to do. And we're keeping an eye on that. We, we are keen for people to meet where we can. Uh, last week, I really encouraged folks to, uh, to invite people around for a meal outside and to make contact and to continue to build that. Um, I hope you were able to maybe grab a meal with some friends. Uh, we've had the privilege to do that with a few and it's really good connection. Uh, we want to do something um, as a church to, to promote that a little bit more. And um, we're going to organize, well, we're going to announce at least, uh, two Waypoint Church picnics um, on the 9th of August and on the 30th of August. Uh, we want to invite the whole church family to, to bring your own picnic um, on the football field just along the road from the church. And uh, you find a, a socially distanced space and we'll hopefully take over a big chunk of the field and together the church will be church together and we'll just see what happens. Nothing's going to be officially organized or planned, but uh, let's see who gathers. Let's build and meet some folks, chat with them and eat together. So it's one o'clock on the 9th, which is next Sunday, and then the 30th, which is a few Sundays time. And it would be great. Bring a picnic, socially distance, but together let's just gather as a church and, and um, be church out in the world. We're allowed to be church together. Um, like I said, keep encouraging you to do that. Invite people to have meals at your home and to do smaller things as well as bigger things where um, we are allowed. Uh, this past week, there's been some other uh, new connections happening. The, a team has been working on uh, Destination, our kids uh, holiday club, and they've been doing some online stuff and some in-person stuff. And they very kindly uh, did a video for us just to, to update us on what's been happening in this past week. So watch and enjoy. Hi and welcome to our Destination Holiday Club update. This week we have been releasing daily online videos including songs, Bible story, teaching, suitcase prayers and an introduction to our daily activities and challenges. We've also had a daily experience here at church where we've welcomed families for a short time to build relationships and create community while children have explored the day's theme, had a go at the challenges and paused for a little prayer. This year's destination has been Jerusalem, Israel, where we have been exploring the story of David. Our teaching has been about... David the shepherd boy, knowing that God looks at your heart rather than your outward appearance. David the worshipper, giving exuberant praise to God just for who he is. David the warrior, seeing that God is mightier than any challenge we face. David the friend, knowing that we can be friends with Jesus. And David the king, letting God rule our lives. Each day, our craft activities have been linked to the theme and we have provided bags with all the resources in. It has been lovely to see whole families engaging in the activities at home and parents have been so appreciative for all that has been provided. It's been amazing to see families kneeling together to pray using our prayer suitcases. Many of the wows have been around God's creation. The thank yous have been for the activities and for the destination week. The sorries for losing patience and shouting at parents. And the pleases are for COVID ending and for healing family members. Throughout this week, we've created community through our Facebook private group, where photos and videos have been shared and people have been commenting on each other's posts. 
In church, we've seen children's confidence grow massively from the youngest to the oldest and parents' willingness to hang around chatting with increasingly deeper conversations. People just want to be together and are really open to talk about their faith. Through this new thing that we've done this week, we have connected with families in ways we never thought we would. We are so thankful that we've been able to run this week in this way and praise God for all he has done and will continue to do in these families' lives. Thank you to you for supporting us this week through your prayers and please keep praying for the families who have joined in with us. For all that's happened this week, we can say again, oh wow, what an awesome God we have. I want to give a huge thank you uh, to the team that worked so hard to make that happen. I want to give a big praise to God to join with the team um, to see what God has done and what God is doing and continues to do. It, it's so encouraging to, to know that, that God is not stopped. God is not restricted. And there's life and there's people deciding to follow Jesus. And there's really good things happening. Keep praying, keep getting involved, keep supporting because God is still at work. Uh, also, I just heard the update of the, the Alpha course. That's going really well uh, and there's some really great conversations and continue to pray for that as well. We're also looking at doing another Alpha course in September because we're having more inquiries of people who want to join. Uh, so if you want to join Alpha or you may want to run one, uh, we'd love to partner with you and to journey. There's a lot of things that are happening and we are just privileged to, to be part of a family that responds to what God is doing and saying. Before we dive into uh, some worship and God's word and sharing communion together, I, I want us just to, to pause and to quiet our hearts and to pray together. So, so let's pray. Father, we, we lift up our voices in praise to you, the almighty God the creator of all things, and yet the one who's intimate and allows us and encourages us to call you Father. I thank you that your heart is for people. I thank you that, that you know no bounds. I thank you that you want more people to know your love and to be part of your family in the community. I thank you for the privilege that we have of being part of Waypoint uh, Church. I thank you that your church is also bigger than that and goes around the world. And we just pray for our brothers and sisters, that the saints, that you will strengthen and encourage them and us, that we might be bolder for you in sharing and following you in all we do at work, at home, in our communities, everywhere we are, that we may point people to Jesus by our words and our actions. But Father, right now, I pray that, that you will just quiet our hearts and we might be open to you as we turn our eyes to you, that we will worship you, be open to you, and be changed as a result of encountering you. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. If you are part of our wider church, you'll, you'll know by now that we send an email out on Sunday mornings uh, with a, a song list that you might want to uh, click along to just encourage in worship. It's really important to stop and to, to lift our eyes in, and, and lift our voices in praise to God. And whether you want to pause the, um, the video now and to watch it or to do it at the end, I just want to encourage you to, to be a person who's a regular worshipper on a Sunday. But whenever you're listening, whenever you're stopping, just give praises to God uh, for he's worthy of our praise. And worship does something in our hearts and our lives. And I just want to encourage us all to regularly do that, not just on a Sunday but to give worship and honour to our God. 
I want to um, begin my talk by sharing a frustration I have. And it's a bit of a weird frustration, but I hope some of you will relate to it. It has to do with sync taps. Now, not every sync tap, because a lot of taps are, you know, you, you turn the thing on the top and the water comes out, or you flick the lever and the water comes out. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious and, and those are fine. The ones that frustrate me are, are the ones that, that try to save water. You know, those ones that have sensors in them, where, where you've got to, start, when you wave your hands under, the water comes out. And it all sounds really sensible, although some of them, um, I'm not really sure where the sensors are, because sometimes the sensors are underneath and in the front or at the back or at the top. Or and, and and I found one that it was a foot thing. You had to put your foot in a certain place and that made the water run. Now, for a lot of people, that's not a problem. There's usually a sign tells you what to do. Now, you'll know that my I'm blind, so I can't see these signs. And what I find is, is I'm doing like almost like a martial arts thing, trying to work out where these sensors are to make the stupid water come out. So, so those frustrate me. Um, and there's those ones in the middle, you know, the ones that you, you press, the, the, the press the top and the water comes out. And, and again, water safety makes, makes or water conservation makes sense. Um, but sometimes you press it and the water doesn't last very long and you find yourself pressing it and having to quickly wash your hands by the time your hands are underneath the water stopped and and others it just goes on for ages and ages and you go what was the point of that and and I, they just frustrate me now i was pondering on that frustration because i have nothing better to do um but i was pondering on that frustration and i, I thought you know, so often i wish that god was more like the, the normal taps you know you, you you turn on the tap and the water comes out is you you ask god you you bring something to god and say god this is really on my heart this is really bothering me god i'm really concerned about that and then what happens is you, you you turn the tap and then god responds he pours out his blessing a response and it's really straightforward i wish it was like that i think sometimes we we teach like that and i'm sorry if i teach like that at times um but sometimes you read the bible and it sounds ask god and he answers turn the tap on water comes out but if i'm honest I, I think a lot of times it I think my interaction with God feels more like those sensors. You know, sometimes I, I do something and God just pours out. And other times I'm thinking God isn't pouring out. And maybe I, I've got to pray a different way or or say some words differently or or do a different posture or, or try something. And we're, we we spend our time trying to work out the sensors that will trigger the release of God. In Luke 18, Jesus gives us a really clear insight in, in how our relationship with God, how we connect with God, it is to work. Well, like, what's the, the secret of, of seeing God released into our lives, of seeing God released into a situation? And we're going to unpack that a little bit. So if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to, to Luke chapter 18, and uh, Kathy's going to read uh, the first eight verses. Luke 18, verses 1 to 8. Hello there, today's reading is Luke 18 verses 1 to 8 and it's the parable of the persistent widow. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice 
so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, Jesus tells us that the, the secret to that connection it isn't actually not a secret. It's, it's really obvious. He says to, to pray with perseverance, to, to press and hold, to, to keep leaning in, to, to ask God and to, to keep connected with God. And through perseverance in our prayer and connection with God, we, we see the release of God, the response of God. It, that, that connection between how we press in and the release of God. I, I wonder if you reflect back on, on your life, on my, and I reflect on my life. And I would say, well, how often do I, I press in and hold with my prayer and my conversation with God? And how often do I just press the button, stand back and wait for God to do something? If, if I'm honest, I, shamefully, I, I probably confess that sometimes I, I tend to lean into the press the button and wait for God to do something. But Jesus encourages us. He was encouraging his disciples to, to press in and persevere with prayer. I'm guessing Jesus said this because he, he saw his disciples do a prayer and then expect an answer and been probably surprised. Well, why isn't God coming through? Because they see Jesus, when Jesus prayed for healing and did miracles, it seemed like almost an instant response. Turn the tap, it came. And Jesus was explaining to them that, that behind what you see on the surface is this call for persevering, to press in. And, and talk to God and connect with God. Because I wonder if, if reflected on me is, is what, how often do I press in? How long do I press in? So I want to encourage us today to, for, for us to, to see and connect more of God is, is that we need to learn this truth that Jesus says is to press in and hold when it comes to God. And this parable that Jesus told uh, tells us to do that. But it also gives us some other really important truths that we need to grab hold of and understand. So three truths. The first one is this. It is when it comes to pressing in and, and connecting with God, we need to remember, keep reminding ourselves that God is good. Now, I know that's pretty obvious, but I, I think sometimes we forget. It's fascinating that Jesus tells us this story, this parable of a of a godless king who didn't respect God at all, and this widow who was who just persevered, asked and asked again, and just coming in and in and asking for justice. And it was due to her perseverance that eventually the king gave in and responded. Now Jesus was not saying that God is like this grumpy king and you gotta nag him and eventually God will give in. Check out verse six and seven. It says that, that even if this grumpy king will give in to perseverance, how much more will a loving God who cares for us, how much will he respond to when we persevere, when we press in and keep asking of God? It's really important for us to remember that God is good, because I, I, think, I think we know that title. We sing the songs and, and we may say, say those truths. But just below the service, I, I think sometimes we, we hold a wrong view of God. You know, we know God is good, but then we think, yeah, but, but sometimes he's, he's, he just has this list of things 
of, of wrongs I've done. He, he knows me and I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed or I don't think God listens to my prayers. And I know he's good and he may listen to that person's or that person's, but, but mine, he doesn't. And, and, and so we say God is good, but actually we think or we feel that God is non-responsive or God is distant and God is not caring. And, and, and so when it comes to persevering in prayer, we ask ourselves, well, is it worth it? What, what's the point? And, and, and so we even stop praying because we have the wrong view of God. A number of years ago, I had the opportunity to sit in a minister's conference, well, minister's gathering. It was a church of about 10,000 people and they had about 20 ministers working for the church. And I was invited into that. And the senior minister was, was teaching and, and coaching all of his staff. And, and in the midst of that, he said, he said a really, a really interesting thing. He said to people, he said, when you enter a room, he said, assume that people like you. And he said, it's really important. It just changes our whole demeanor. It changes our attitudes and our actions is, is when we assume that people like us. Uh, and, and he moved on and talked about something else. After the meeting, one of the other ministers came to me and he said, that was so powerful. He said, because so often I, I walk into the room and, and I, I assume that people don't like me. And, and so, I, I mean, not that they hate me, but I, I, my starting point is I've got to prove myself. I've got to prove that I'm worthy, prove that I'm good. And I spend the whole time proving myself, trying to win them over before we can do anything. In scripture, it tells us really clearly, not that we have to assume that God loves us, but that God is good and God loves us. John 3, 16, I know many of you know this verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. It says in scripture that while we were still sinners, while we were still far from God, having our backs turned on God, is he sent his son to die for us. In the Old Testament, it talks about God singing over us. It's that God is a God who, who reaches out the hand of restoration, the hand of forgiveness, the hand of salvation. Again and again, scripture tells us that God is good and favorable towards us. So this call of Jesus for us to pray and us to persevere in prayer isn't a reluctant, resistant, grumpy God. It's a God who, who we, we know wants to hear us, who wants to listen to us, who is, is favorable to us. You know, he, we, we have his ear and we need to keep reminding ourselves. And that's a really good thing to encourage us to persevere, is to know that God is good and, and he wants to hear from us. Which links to the second point that, that's really important. God is good, but God is also relational. That the God is a relational God. I'm not sure if you've ever been on a, a long journey with kids in the back and, and the, the constant chorus they'll, they'll say is, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And, and let's be honest, it's not just kids who say that, is it? Uh, but sometimes they just go on and on and on because kids have this amazing ability of knowing how to grind their parents down to eventually get their way. Uh, can I have sweets? Can I have sweets? And, and some of us, we just give in and we're going just to shut them up. I'll give them sweets. Um, others of us are going, no, I said no, and there's no way of bending me. Uh, when it comes to, to persevering in prayer, and th this parable that Jesus was talking about, it, it wasn't about we got to wear down our loving God and eventually he'll give us what we want. You know, God, will you answer this prayer? Will you answer this prayer? Will you answer this prayer? It, it, Jesus is saying, that's not what I'm talking about. What Jesus is talking about 
is understanding that we are in relationship. Verse seven, it says, how much does God love his people and will reach out and, and respond to, to our heart's cry, what we've been crying at day and night? That, that's a relational thing is God hears us and hears what's on our heart and cares for us. And, and it's important for us to remember that the context of prayer and connecting with God is relationship. Again, we, I know we know this, but, but do we press and hold? Do we keep coming to God and sharing our heart? In Philippians 4, it says, don't, don't be anxious about anything, but bring your prayers and petitions before God with thanksgiving and the peace of God will dwell in your hearts. This is about a, a relational connection and, and sharing. If you think of some of your friends, you know, if you're, if, you, if you're going through a rough time and you say something and your friend said, yeah, you told us that already, move on. That's not very relational or very friendly. Friends may encourage you in saying, okay, you've said this you know, 300 times and, and maybe we need to take some steps forward. But actually what friends do is they listen. Friends listen and they hear and they let you vent a little bit and then they encourage you to say, well, what steps? Um, but that relationship side of things is, is not just us sharing what's on our heart and our concern, which is what prayer is, but also listening to the response of God. Listening to God's promises that God says, trust me, or I hear about that, or I care about that. It's to hear God's word as well. And, and this is a really key part of that prayer and perseverance, is understanding that it's a relational thing is that we are called to be sharing our hearts, not listing a list of all of our wants and go, there God, sort it out, it's really bothering me. But keep coming back to God and saying, God, I'm, this is hurting me. God, I'm confused on this. I love how it says that God hears what's on our heart day and night. Those things that keep you awake, those things that really bother you and you can't understand, God says, share it with me. You're not alone, let's journey together. So, so pressing in isn't just pray more, it's about leaning in and encountering God and inviting God in more. So when it comes to connecting with God, it's about remembering that God is good, remembering that God is relational. And this third one in the parable is that, that God will come. God will come. Verse 7 and 8, it says, you know, will not God care for his, his chosen people and respond to their, their cries day and night? Will not God come in and resolve it quickly? I wonder if there are some situations that you faced uh, and quite serious ones and you're going, God, I need you to come in quickly. Uh, and if I'm really honest, it turns out that God's definition of quickly is different to my quickly. See, when I think quickly, I mean like about now or maybe five minutes ago. That's quick. Where, where God seems to have a bit more of a, a stretchy view of quickly. Now, now when, when you have a prayer on something and God, God doesn't come as quick as we want, this is not because God doesn't care. It's not because he's mean and nasty. We've already looked at that. It is, he, he is a caring and loving God. But God doesn't go as quick as us at times for, well, for a couple of reasons. Let me just give you two that, that are biblical truths that may help you. Um, the first one is this, it is that we need to remember that, that perseverance is part of God's plan. In James chapter 1, it says, Consider it joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials uh, of, of many kinds, because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Let perseverance finish its task, complete its task, so that you may be wise and mature, complete, and have all good things. 
See, often we focus on we want God to answer it. But God actually is going, I want you to grow in maturity. Because if you flick back on your life and look back, the, the times of growth uh, in your character aren't times when everything's fine and rosy and sunny. It's usually through the tough times that you learn to trust. You, you learn what perseverance is. You know what endurance is. You know what resilience is. It's in those tough times when you face that opposition and you've got to press through. That's where you grow. And that's where you see God to a greater depth and a greater level. And, and I know that sometimes we just want the answer and God's going, yeah, the answer is that I want you to become more like Christ. And perseverance is part of my plan. Uh, I was chatting to a, a minister up in, uh, near Glasgow and a real significant uh, way this God is using this man. Uh, his, uh, he's been consulted by the government. He's, he's actually influencing some of the government policy on what it does to some of the slums in, in Glasgow and beyond. And it's incredible influence that, that God has allowed him to, to bring in those values. And uh, his, his heart is he wants to change all of Scotland. He wants to impact and to, to reduce poverty across all of Scotland. I mean, epic prayer, epic uh, desire, which he says, you know, it, God is, is beginning to give opportunities for that. But as we continue to chat, he, he said that for the last 36 years, twice a week, he's been meeting with someone and praying for an hour for God's will to be done, for God to step in. You know, 36 years of persevering with prayer, of pressing and holding. Often we see the great bits and we forget that that perseverance is, is what it means to be Christ-like. Now, having said that, I, I, let's be honest, there are still some situations that are just horrendous that you, under, you can't understand why hasn't God stepped in you know, perseverance is good to a point, but, but it's getting damaging now. So why hasn't God stepped in? Maybe a situation you can think of right now. Why hasn't God stepped in? And, and this other answer, which I think is biblical as well, is I don't know. But God can be trusted. I don't know, but God can be trusted. There's a lot of question marks in scripture. I don't know why God stepped into this and didn't step into that. I don't know why God healed that person and not that person. I don't know why God sorted this out, but not that. I, I don't know. But throughout scripture, what I do know is God can be trusted again and again. Is we need to keep coming back to is who are we talking to? It's not one like us. It's the creator of all. The one who came to earth, who saved us, who changes things, who understands the full picture and who deeply, deeply loves us. This is why I wanted to share communion today, because communion is a reminder instigated by Jesus, where it reminds us that God is good, that God is relational, and that God will come. Before we, we share in communion, I, I want us just to, again, to, to pause, ref, to pray, reflect a little bit of what God might be saying and open ourselves up to what the Holy Spirit might be just nudging us on. So let's just pray. Father, I want to thank you that you are a good God, that you are a loving God who, who delights for us to come into your presence. Father, that's just a, a, an incredible thing to think because you are a holy God and, and who are we? We're just these minuscule people who, who mess up. And yet, because of Jesus, we're allowed to come in and, and we bring a smile to your face. I thank you that your response is of love. But Father, I also want to just acknowledge that there's times when I don't press in and hold on enough. 
those situations where I, I wave my fist at you or I, I get grumpy with you and give you the silent treatment instead of persevering and pressing in. I thank you that you're a loving father and you, you don't reject us. You understand, but you entice us, call us, draw us and welcome us in. Father, I pray for my, my friends who are listening now, those who are facing situations that if they're really honest, they, they've just given up praying. They're thinking, what's the point? They're feeling that you're distant. Father, I, I want to just pray for them, encourage Holy Spirit that you may just nudge and remind them, help, to, help them to grab hold of that perseverance and to see the goodness of you again. I pray that as we share in communion in just a few moments, that, that eating the bread and drinking the wine, it, it may just instill again, supernaturally instill in us again, these incredible truths that you give us. Father, these aren't just words. It's a reality that you want us to encounter. And I pray that that, that may be true right now. As we eat and we drink, but also as we ponder and reflect, that we may be a people who lean into you and go deeper with you day by day because you are our God and you are worthy of all that praise. Amen. Jesus, uh, on the night that he was betrayed, so before him was the cross and, and just incredible suffering. We know he prayed in the garden just, just hours after he shared the meal and just said, Father, if there's any other way, but not my will, but yours be done. It was tough. And, and yet he was obedient. He persevered. He pressed in and held. And as a result, we are here and we're saved. But before that happened, he, he shared a meal with the disciple that he was longing to do. And after giving thanks, he, he took bread and, and he, he broke it and he said to his disciples, he says to us, this is my body which is given for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. So can I encourage you to, to eat and to remember and be thankful for our God who's good and calls us into relationship and is coming again. After supper, we read that Jesus then took a cup and, and he said, this cup is the new covenant, the new relationship in my blood. Everything is going to change because of me. Is You are invited into a relationship with God. He said, I want you to, to eat this bread and to drink this cup. To celebrate, to proclaim, to declare, to remember what I did who I am and I'm gonna come again. Let's drink with confidence and joy and openness to God. Jesus said whenever you eat this bread and drink the, the cup we are proclaiming, we're proclaiming to ourselves, to all around, that our God is good, our God is a relational God and he's coming again. May you know God's blessing, but deeper than that, may you know a relationship with him. Lean in, find out more. 
If you'd love to, if you'd love to pray with someone or to chat with someone, if you're on the church, church line platform, you can press the, the pray button and, and someone would love to chat with you. Reach out and contact the church by email or phone and we'd love to connect with you. You are not alone. We are not alone. We have a great God who calls us to be together and we can journey together. But I want to encourage you to keep pressing and holding because through that we see more of God. Thanks for joining us. Look forward to uh, seeing some of you this week and next Sunday and hopefully the picnic in the park. We'll see you there as well and uh, have a great rest of your day.